My name is Ailey Holo. Um, today is the 8th of July 2020. It's taking place via Zoom. Um, so to get us started, I'd just like to, little, to know a little bit more about you and your background. Um, so can you tell me your name and the year you were born? Um, sure. So my name is Neil Quinn um, and I was born in 1968. And uh, where did you grow up? In Edinburgh. Um, in a, just in the edge of Edinburgh, a place called Portobello. Um, and what is your professional or work background? Um, so I, um, yeah, my work background, so I, 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 so I did community work for a while um, and then I trained as a social worker and I worked as a social worker for seven years and then I moved into, um, I guess, what would be seen as community development and public health um, work, which is what I'm going to be primarily talking about. And then since then, I've moved into academia. So I guess, yeah, I would I probably have probably three, three different professions of, of four, if you like, community development, social work, public health and um, academic. Great. And so what was your first role then within um, into health and the arts? Sure. So I am... Um, I was, um, I ran a programme called Positive Mental Attitudes um, that was overseen by the Greater Easter House Community Mental Health Forum. Um, and the idea of this programme was to try and address stigma around uh, mental health problems um, in uh, Greater Easter House. Um, so it was undertaking a range of activities. Um, and that included um, developing training programs, undertaking um, uh, pieces of uh, work with workplaces, um, supporting um, community initiatives. Um, but, but there was a strong program um, which was around using the arts to combat stigma. Um, do, you, and do you want to talk about the different strands of that? That'd be useful, yeah. So there was... Um, I guess initially three strands. One was um, using visual art. Uh, uh, second was using creative writing. The third was using drama. And in all cases, um, we recruited people with lived experience of mental health problems who work, then worked with a relevant artist who was a specialist in one of those three areas. Um, there was, I guess, the process of, of um, participating in the art. Um, which was important, and then moving on to um, uh, then producing a, an art performance or exhibition, whatever, that would be then using that art to raise awareness within the local community. And what sort of what sort of people would you get coming along to to your program? Yeah, who, as in participants in the program. Yeah, um, yeah. So these, I would say. They were predominantly people with um, severe and enduring mental health problems. Um, so we had close links with the local community mental health team. So, so a number of the people, yeah, would have long-term mental health problems. So diagnosis of, I guess, I mean, we weren't, we weren't focused on the diagnosis. We didn't keep any um, information on that. But, but I guess people had schizophrenia, bipolar, uh, long-term depression, um, primarily. And what year did this, did it start in? Yeah, so the, the programme, um, yeah, so the, I was employed in 2001, 
but the program started in 2002. Um, and I left post in 2014. And we still had elements of the artwork, although, although those transitioned um, to be based in the local arts um, centre, which was called Platform in Easter House, in the last couple of years. So, so I suppose we ran those directly from, say, 2002 to 2012, and then they were mainstreamed um, after 2012, I think it was. And what do you think the, the sort of attitude generally towards mental health was at the beginning? So when you set that up in 2001, 2002? Um... Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting. It was just at the point that the National CME campaign was being developed almost exactly, uh, it was just a coincidence, but, but uh, I, so there was, I think there was, there was, quite, a, a, there was quite a bit of stigma um, towards mental health issues. Um, and it was before there was any impact from CB. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I think we we and, and there was a there was a piece of research of um, a participatory appraisal that was done before the project kicked off, and it was it was identifying stigma in the areas of workplaces, schools, and communities, which informed the the priorities of the program. So, so there was definitely evidence of stigma from that initial research. And there's obviously different strands, as you were saying. Why was art chosen as a focus area for mm. stigma? Well, I, I, I think um, the reason was that that had been identified um, by people with lived experience of mental health problems as a, a powerful way of raising awareness and communicating uh, how to challenge stigma. Um, I think people felt that... Um, the arts, uh, I guess alternative means would be, say, doing a training program or a presentation, but the arts were seen as a way of emotionally engaging uh, communities on the issues of mental health. Um, and, uh, for instance, having communities come along and watch a, a, a piece of drama or come and see an exhibition um, was seen as important. I think it was important in challenging stigma, but it was also important in terms of Promoting the recovery of the participants and and the and the skills and confidence of participants. So and and I think people enjoyed not just being seen as somebody with long term mental health problems, but as you know a visual artist or creative writer. So it was giving people another another identity. I think that was important. And. When, they, when the group did performances, what sort of people would come along to, to see those performances? Well, it was, I think it was a lot of um, family friends came along um, and partner organisations came along. But, but there were certainly, I think increasingly over time, there were also um, um, more general members of the public. Um, and we linked with the Scottish Mental Health Arts and Film Festival because that developed, what, about five years? later, I think 2007. So we then developed a strand, we then linked all that work to being a, the, the, the Glasgow East or Easter House strand of the festival. Um, and then we all, and at the same time, platform we developed. So, so the whole profile of the work in, increased and we developed a festival, uh, a, you know, a festival within the festival. Um, I don't know if that I've just forgotten. Um, 
Yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so um, so I guess that was uh, that was important um, because it, it helped to increase the profile. So and, and it got more. Sorry, an answer to your question. It got more general members of the public along. I think. Yeah, and I know towards like two thousand seven, the, the festival formed and began to sort of. Um, garner more attention and, and sort of snowball into what it is now but I mean in 2001 what sort of arts mental health community existed? Well there was there was quite a strong um, arts mental health community but it was quite it was quite piecemeal I guess um, uh, so the initial drama workshops were actually um, undertaken by a theatre group 784 um, that you might have heard of, but they're, they're, they're not specifically mental health um, theatre, but they're, they're kind of issue-based theatre. They do, do a lot, they do a lot, I don't know if they still exist, but they do a lot of political theatre. But they were keen to work with the group um, and they produced a play um, with them. Um, so, yeah, so often, often the mental health arts community was nested within broader political theatre or issue-based theatre. Um, um, so, the, but there were organisations that, that were keen to work on issues of mental health, and I think beyond that, there were then individual activists. So, that so the guy who ran our creative writing work, he was a mental health service user who developed as a creative writer and, and was linked with a creative writing community. So, so I would say it was it, it didn't have a strong there wasn't a strong identity of a mental health artistic community, but it was there were mental health artists and activists within broader structures. Do you think that's still the case today or do you think it's changed at all? Um, yeah, no, I think that is the case uh, today. Um, I think probably the, the profile is, is higher now. Um, but um, yeah, I think, it's, I think that's still, still true. Um, I mean, I think within some mainstream arts organisations, mental health is still marginalised, but um, I think my sense has been advancements and I'm sure the Scottish Mental Arts Festival has helped with that. I think it would be really nice to hear maybe about some of your personal, your favourite memories from that sort of work you were doing. Yeah, no, I can talk, talk about that. I've, I've, so I just remembered the name of the strand within the festival, it was called Headspace. It was Headspace every year for a number of years. Um, the Yeah, so favourite memories. Um, I think, so every year there was a, a drama production, which was done, um, you know, as one of our project events, but then I guess when there was a festival, it was then part of Headspace within the Scottish Mental Arts Festival. So the drama, the drama productions of the year, um, I think they were very powerful. What, what struck me was that they weren't necessarily always explicitly about mental health, but they were about mental health group performing, and that was really, that was really powerful. Um, uh, we had some great spoken word events um, where um, the um, participants within that group would stand up and do either read their own poetry or do short stories. You know, I remember those were very powerful. And I remember having a number of those at Platform that were very, very powerful. Um, and then we had a series of arts exhibitions um, which again, some great art that was produced. Um, so yeah, so I've got I've got really powerful memories of 
of the art, arts exhibitions, public world events and the drama performances um, that uh, I think were fantastic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did it impact your own mental health and positively or negatively, I guess, it could go either way, like being involved in this sort of work? Yes, it was, it was very um, inspiring. Um, so it, uh, I mean, I, I, suppose, I suppose I was there as, as, as in a kind of organising role or, you know, concerned about funding and all these things, but, um, but it was very, yes, it, it, was, um, it was very inspiring to, to see the results of, of people's artistic work um, and, and, the, and the impact that had on people. I suppose that's probably my strongest memory is, is seeing how people, a number of people progress through that. Um, so a number of people involved in this were, were quite, you know, were quite ill individuals and, um, and, and almost had become institutionalized within the mental health system. You know, and and it was, and it really opened things up in terms of seeing the progress they made, and the outlet they had through their art. Um, so for me, that was very heartening and inspiring, and um, made me feel very positive about what we were doing. You mentioned their funding. So obviously, was that something that was under your remit then? Yeah. So so we funded it through the core program. We 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 initially. When when our budget was small, we we sourced pots of money, um, for instance, through the so 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 I think it was different names, but it was Greater East House Arts Company, I think it was called. So they gave us some funding for some of the work, um, and then when platform was started, I think we were able to identify some in kind support from them, um, but we just we had, we allocated a bit of our core budget to this, um, the that paid for both the, um, the artist time in working with the group um, and then also um, then paid for the event exhibition or spoken word event or drama production. Um, so yeah, it was both event costs and, and then, I guess. And where, where did that core funding come from? So you said you had to, the core funding. Yeah, so that, that funding, um, our project funding was initially, uh, it was a combination of funding, part, partly through NHS health improvement monies and um, regeneration monies, really, it was something way to use the house Pathfinder, um, which was through the Social Inclusion Partnership. So we got some, so it was a combination of monies. And then the, the regeneration monies were phased out, and then it was taken on wholly by the NHS. The different bits of the NHS. I think it was a primary care and, and also um, through the board. Uh, I mean, wh why do you think that that money was was allocated to your project? Was there a fight for it, or was it just kind of seen as a given? Like, yeah, this is important work, so we will fund it. Or did it come as a result of some campaigning, or yeah. So, so there was campaigning involved. The um, the Greater Easter House Mental Health Forum, which was led by service user activists. Um, Yes, uh, worked with the health board to advocate for a funded program on stigma. Um, so it came about through that, and as part of that program, then the arts were um, delivered as, as part of that initiative. Yeah. And I guess in terms of like the, the effectiveness of the work, um, 
did did the community see a reduction in stigma through the arts work or through the work more generally? How was that kind of quantified? Yeah, well, it was it, evaluation was built into the program the program overall, um, and as part of that, we tried to evaluate arts activity. I mean, it's very difficult to I think evaluate the impact of the arts. I, I did like a paper with Lee and others on this in terms of the first festival, um, but we we collected audience feedback. You know, we fed that into our project evaluations. Um, you know, I mean, like a lot of anti-stigma work, it's hard to measure, you know, the impact over time on attitudes or on behaviour. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to claim that we did a sophisticated evaluation, but um, certainly on the day, very positive feedback. Um, and I guess the fact that then that work continued over time, uh, again, was for me a sign that it was valued. So, I mean, evaluations are always that way, aren't they? Especially with anti-stigma work. Yeah. Um, so what about, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of um, going back to, I guess, when you were starting up and the ball was kind of rolling. Um, how did you encourage people to get involved? I think, obviously, it seemed like it was sort of set up by that local community group of activists who really wanted to see that programme exist. Did they bring in people to participate? Or was there... A lot of work done within the community to sort of get engagement. Um, how did you get people to to join? Are people to join the arts activity? Well, yeah, within the arts activities or, or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it was it was partly um, you know through the through the mental health forum the people that were already involved, um, but it was also working a bit with the local community mental health team to to try and identify individuals who might be interested in participating and that who you know we worked very closely with the, the occupational therapist and the mental health team who was aware of people with an interest in the arts um, and then there was a bit of working with activists we knew so the creative writing activist then linked with a kind of writing community so he brought some people that way so it was a combination of mental health forum mental health team and then I'm interested to, to know why stigma was identified. It was based on the personal experience of, of Medal Forum members. I think people had experienced stigma in different ways from trying to go into work or or from um, from the local communities, um, you know, in terms of treatment they received from uh, Trying to access services, I think there was stigma, um, for instance, within primary healthcare towards people with mental health problems, or, or in, you know, I guess a number of people self harmed. So when people attended A E, for example, so um, I think it was based on personal experience, and that those that personal experience of individuals was shared collectively. And I guess when the forum were developing their priorities for action, then stigma emerged as as a key priority. Great. So I'll, I think um, I'm conscious of your time, Neil. So sure. a few questions at the end that are we're looking at just more broadly around sure. mental health, so not specifically linked to your own personal work or background. Um, yeah. I'll just ask you a few of them. So the first one we have is, why do you think it's important that um, mental health is covered within art? Or yeah, so they're almost the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think there's a strong connection between mental health and art so i think for the arts community i mean often often there's 
a mental health dimension to the arts. You know, I think it's the arts is very much about it's about well-being. It's about um, emotionally engaging people. It's, it's enabling people to reflect on their experience. So, so I think mental health is a core part of the art. And then, you know, looking from the other angle, as I've said, I, I think um, uh, the arts is a really powerful way of um, of both um, help enabling participants within the arts to really improve their mental health or express their mental health, um, and and it's a, also an important way to raise awareness of mental health issues within the local within the broader community and within broader society. So, I think it I think there's a strong relationship between the two things. And. Um, how do you think the arts has contributed to how we see the art, mental health more generally? I think, I think, I think by you know, back in terms of what I've said already about emotionally engaging audiences. I think, I think it's um, yes. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I suppose sometimes thought about this and written about this a bit. Um, you know, I, I, I think just giving people information. Um, is you know it can be useful, but it's it's it has its limitations. You know, if I go to a conference, for instance, on mental health, I listen to people presenting and do PowerPoint presentation on mental health. You know, I, I find out certain facts, but I don't I don't it often doesn't engage me in in the issue of mental health. Whereas, you know, I go to a powerful play or I hear uh, an amazing poem, then then that really resonates with my experience of mental health, but also with my understanding of mental health. It, it opens up new insights. And I guess this next question sort of summarises what we've kind of been talking about with regards to stigma. Um, and it would be nice just to have like a kind of summary answer from that. But what role does art play when it comes to tackling mental health stigma and discrimination? Yeah. So, um, yeah, based on what I've said, I think um, art, um, I think it explores different dimensions of mental health. Um, I think it, it looks at mental health as a kind of contested area and, and you know, I don't think it gives a simple explanation of mental health. I think it looks at different dimensions in terms of different components of what mental health is and what mental health problems are. Um, I think it's, useful and challenging attitudes because you know I, I guess in a in a play or an art exhibition or um or spoken word event which is my where my experience lays um you can um do something quite thought provoking you can get people to think about the issue of mental health in a new way and get them to think about their own attitudes towards mental health so it it is it's challenging and it's thought provoking um and I think um, it also then, on the participant side, it enables participants to um, demonstrate their talents and abilities. Um, and that in itself is challenging simply because it's showing that this person with schizophrenia or bipolar illness has this, uh, this other identity that's really powerful. And, you know, and, and they've been able to um, promote their own mental health in spite of and the last question is um, how would you like to um, the relationship between the arts and mental health to 
progress and develop over the next five to ten years just looking forward mm, that's an interesting question um yeah you know, as suppose i like it to strengthen and um and, you know be good for mental health be more an agenda of artists i think over the years to a large extent but i think to strengthen that link um i mean i suppose it feels within the within mental health practice that the arts are still very marginal um so i think if the arts can have a bigger role within within mental health policy and practice that would be that would be good um and be used you know as an intervention more um more significantly i think that would help i think that'd be a good thing and and that includes in in public mental health so public awareness work 